Mike O'Hara, DetroitLions.com, senior columnist insider when it comes to the Lions in the NFL. He is standing by on the Meyer guest line. And, yeah, just think about one and six to where they are now. Think about from the egg they laid on Christmas Eve to the dominating performance yesterday at home. They've been unbelievable at Ford Field this year. So has the crowd. Yeah, they really have. And that was another big crowd, big enthusiastic crowd. And think back a little even further, you know. This team was 3-13 and last year and started this season. And I'm not factoring in the tie, of course. 3-13, and followed by 1-6. and mm. That's 4-19. and Think about that. 4-19 yeah, and, and 1, yeah. And what and what they've done since then, and how uh, how uh, Dan Campbell and his staff have kept the team together, kept the coaches together, made some adjustments, some tweaks, things like that. You know, two major ones. You know, changed the offensive coordinators, made a change in the defensive backfield on the staff. But uh, and you know, and as they always do, massage the the, the the lineup, the players, and all that. I think what they've done since that start of four and nineteen, and one tie, and where they are right now. I think it's, it's absolutely amazing. I wouldn't be surprised if um, Dan Campbell got some token votes for Coach of the Year. Although I just, it's hard to warrant Coach of the Year for somebody who's at 500. But if anybody deserves it, it's a coach who's done what Dan Campbell's done. That's why that Seattle game obviously is big for Detroit, Michael. Sure, that absolutely. That if Seattle wins and the Lions are eliminated, you know, just human nature is a letdown when you're playing the Packers on national TV, I'm just praying that the Rams can win that because then that is a playoff game. That is the first test for this group in the biggest game we've seen with the Lions since maybe uh, their playoff game against the Cowboys and and, and a young team uh, where, again, you watch a young team uh, not show up on Christmas Eve, but they came back home and they're inspired by the crowd and just some pride off of what happened uh, eight days before against the Panthers, and you know, man, just just win Rams, so that game uh, is the winner moves on for both sides. Green Bay is in that position right now, uh, but right. just for the Rams to take care of business, they'll play a little after four on Sunday. Lions will kick off a little after eight o'clock against the Packers at Lambeau. That would be such a big feel in prime time. It certainly would, and I mean, I'm a little ticked at the way it's been done. By the way, not that my opinion means anything. They're not going to close the doors down at the NFL headquarters or anything. But I don't see why they couldn't have started both games at 4:25 or 4:30, whatever whatever it was, and really have a true, you know, uh, not, not knowing the outcome of what happened to the other team when you take the field. I think that would have been the thing to do, and I think it would have been more sporting. I think it would have created more. You know, it's been more true, pure drama if they would have done it that way. And I don't, I don't see any reason why they couldn't have had Seattle at four twenty-five playing its game against uh, uh, against LA, and then the Lions and Packers at, over here, at, you know, at Lambeau Field at the same time. I think that would have been the way to go. I think the fans deserved it. I think uh, football deserved it. I really do. Well, and the Packers uh, got it in prime time because they control their destiny. Okay, Packers don't have to wait on anybody else. That's what I'm saying. Why the NFL did it? Green Bay, Rodgers wins. He's in after their four and eight start. Well, I understand that, but why not? Why not? All that same, all that same stuff can happen at four twenty-five too. Yeah, I know. It's it's great, man. Absolutely the same thing. For us to be talking about the Lions getting flexed to prime time for the word playoff. Uh, to be a part of a conversation from where they were at one and six, what you said about last year, uh, man, uh, this is bonus time. 
I'm not into moral victories, but the emergence of so much young talent, how well Goff has played, especially at home. Still can't believe he isn't part of the Pro Bowl. And you look at Hutchinson, you look at James Houston, you, you look at how they're stepping up, becoming uh, are, well, they are. They're the, they're the two best rookie defensive linemen uh, slash pass rushers uh, out there in the NFL this year. Uh, just, to, you know, Rodrigo in the middle, you know, he'll still uh, miss every once in a while. But uh, the O-line, which isn't getting a lot of love for that offense, what they've been able to do and battle through injuries. I mean, the storylines, and you're at DetroitLines.com, Michael, the, the storylines on this season are about a decade's worth of stories, right? You know, I could... I could sit down on any Monday at at, eight, at nine o'clock and write until Friday at five. Exactly, and then I get everything done. And I probably shouldn't say that because they might pick me up on it. But but it, it's really it's really a, stu, uh, a a team that's it's it's full of stories. It's full of good players and it's full of good people. You know, one thing I was talking to uh, Taylor Decker after the game yesterday and talking about Jamal Williams just six yards short. Of getting a, his first thousand-yard rushing season, and and just it shows you the, the the connection players have among each other. Taylor Decker said, "Yeah, basically, I'm paraphrasing what he said. Yeah, basically, it's great for an offensive lineman." He said, "But there's no player I would rather have get a thousand yards than Jamal uh, Jamal Williams." He said, "He's a great human being." the best teammate he's ever had in his life. I think that really speaks to how that team has kind of been knitted together and the way it's been assembled and the players that, you know, the players that they either signed or kept or made decisions on or whatever it was, but what they've got going over there really is something, excuse me, that's pretty special. You know, we experienced that, you know, back in the 90s when they were, you know, perennial, or annual, I should say, playoff teams from 1991 to, to 1999 but this is I think they're building towards that and in, and in, in quite a bit of in a, in a fast way I think they're building towards that here in Detroit now in this this new millennium new decade whatever yeah, you could see when Williams had that big run late yep that golf was one of the first guys down the sidelines uh giving him a hug uh you know before he was even up off the ground. It was really close and just you can see the team is playing for each other. They're playing for Campbell. Uh again, how well they've played at home and even go back to how close they were to beating the Bills, arguably a top two team now with, you know, Kansas City, maybe Cincinnati in the NFL. And just uh again, since one and six, you know, you look at this season, it would be a shame if that forty eight forty five loss to the Seahawks Kept them from the playoffs. Well, I was just going to mention when I talk about you know my little rant there on why the games could be those two games Sunday couldn't have the same start time. When you look at it, there was one game I think that mm-hmm. kept the Detroit Lions out of the playoffs. It's a forty-eight to forty-five loss to the Seattle Seahawks. When you score forty-five points, you're supposed to win. No, no excuses, no nothing. You're supposed to win that. I don't care how you do it, and they just couldn't. Amen. Uh, but now they get a chance uh, if. If the Rams and the Rams are uh, they're playing good football with Baker Mayfield, so I won't rule it out. And it's not like they need the tank to help the draft pick because the Lions uh, get that first round draft. So I I guess I'll give up a a couple of slots in the first round for the Lions to have a shot at the playoffs, right? Yeah, I heard some. Yeah, I heard something today that yeah, I want look, I want the wins. I don't want the draft picks. I think you play to win no matter what. That's my opinion. Of course, it's not my franchise either. But put something today that if the if the Rams lose, if the pick is number four or number five, something like that, 
and if they win, it's nine or ten. That's a you know, that's that's a pretty big difference at that you know that part of the um, you know that high in the draft. But still, I'll take the win over the draft pick any day of the week, especially for the opportunity it presents for the Detroit Lions. Yeah, I will say the Rams didn't look good in the thirty-one ten loss um, to the Chargers, but the Chargers are again kind of like the Packers, playing as good as anybody. In the NFL right now, Seattle's defense isn't there. So again, it would just you know, Seattle. It's a playoff game for them. Uh, Green, and then Seattle has to wait on Green Bay that night because the Packers control their destiny, and the Lions need the Rams uh, to post a, a win on the road. And if they could do it in Baker, maybe knowing that game could be big for teams that are looking for a starter or quality backup. So let's hope they uh, get it done. There you go. Well. Yeah, let's hope for one thing. Let's hope that the game means something. Let's hope number two that the Detroit Lions win it. That's that's it's as simple as that. That's a very simple equation. Well, if, if the Rams don't beat Seattle on Sunday before the Lions play the Packers, now flex to Sunday night. Lions do have a shot to ruin Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay season uh, at Lambeau, which would I think uh, would be a mild consolation prize to the Lions nation. It will be a mild consolation prize for sure, but it wouldn't be a, I don't think even a mild upset because I don't know, and I didn't really realize this until I started looking into it today, but in the last 11 games, the Lions, with, with, the, with the Packers, the Lions have won six and lost five, so including, you know, they've had back-to-back wins now, the last game of the last season and, 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 and week nine, I think it was, of this season, they won the last two, so there's absolutely no reason that this, this group of Detroit Lions should fear the Green Bay Packers at any level at all because they've, they've beaten them in their span here more than the Packers have beaten them. So I think it's a great matchup. We'll see what happens. Mike, always appreciate your huge opinions. Uh, happy New Year, and we'll talk soon. <laughs> all right, huge. Thanks for having me. All right, Mike O'Hare, DetroitLions.com, senior columnist.